0: G'day and welcome to On The Road. My name's Scott Gibbons and On The Road is your show. It's a show where we we travel, we go all around this great nation of ours, we talk about caravans, we talk about motorhomes, we talk about tents, places we can go, places we can see, places we can enjoy, and it's just a fun show. So if you're ready to go on the road, I'm ready to go on the road, let's go on the road together. Here we go. Oh, uh, yeah, it's Scott Gibbons, and it's fabulous to be with you, Fabulous, and even more fabulous, we can go to Queensland again, yay, go to Queensland. How good, But if you want to go to Victoria, oh, not so good. But however, however, we're gluing the world back together. I think it's going to happen. Now, make sure today, make sure today while you're listening to the show that you've got your pencil or your bit of chalk or an old bit of crayon or something because there's going to be some great things for you to write down. And one of the things to write down is if you're in New South Wales and you you like British cars, if you like British cars, then you've got to go write down the King's School, the King's School because this is the all British day. So all British cars, and they go on display, and all these cars were manufactured in the UK or by a British brand overseas. So, and, and it's just the most diverse range of manufacturers. So you've got everything. You've got everything from Austins through to Rolls-Royces and everything in between. But this this is a fun day. It's a fun day. So it's at the King's School, 87 to 129, Pennant. Hills Road, North Parramatta. Pennant Hills Road, North Parramatta. Just look up King's School, K-I-N-G-S. It's from 10am until about 3pm. It's on Sunday, September the 13th. Sunday, September the 13th. So, you know, make sure, you know, check with the school, make sure it's going to be on. I'm pretty sure it's going to be on because this is going to be Fabulous. So it's in conjunction with the King's Spring Fair. And there's rides, there's entertainment, there's food, there's wine tasting. The kids at school should love that. <laughs> there's the art show, there's the growers market, jewellery, high tea, so much more. So there you go. You can find out all about it, all about it. Just go to allbritishdaysydney.asn, as in association, Dot AU so all British Days Sydney dot A-S-N, dot AU I think you're gonna love that I think you're gonna love that. Hey if you want a bit of fun you know sometimes you just want to have a bit of fun with someone maybe they're kids maybe a bit of fun so what you can do is you can take a uh, have a bit of a bet with the kids have a bit of a bet so you say to them listen I've got a paper cup here. You know the wax covered paper cups you get a paper cup here. Do you reckon I can boil an egg on an open fire with it. Do you reckon I can boil an egg with a paper cup on an open fire? Well, they reckon, now I haven't done it yet, I haven't done it yet, but they reckon you can do it. So if you're an intrepid camper, the egg can be boiled in a waxed paper cup, and the trick only works with paper cups. So don't try it with any other type or (laughs) you'll have a disaster. But you place an egg in the paper cup, you add water almost to the very, very top of the cup, and then, with extra special care, you place the cup very near the fire. And At that point, the top of the cup might even catch fire, which may be a little bit of alarm. But don't worry about it, because even though that's a little bit of spectacular <coughs> pardon me spectacular happening, the cup and the egg are still fine because the water will prevent the rest of the cup from burning. And the paper heats quickly, and it turns the heat. ...to the water very quickly... ...and within a few minutes you'll have a boiled egg... ...so it's a bit tricky though... ...here's the fun part... <laughs> ...it's a bit tricky removing the cup... ...and the egg from the heat of the fire... ...so you bring out a set of long tongs... ...and a, maybe a long leather glove... ...and and then... Uh, ...you're going to fool all the kids... ...because you should have been able to boil... ...an egg... ...right close to an open fire... ...I think that's terrific... ...you happy with that? I <laughs> am... ...I think it's a just a beauty... And one of the other things to be aware of is there are... When we are talking about all British cars... Oh, by golly. <clears throat> Pardon me. I read about this one the other day. And it's called the Adventum. It's a... It's a <laughs> this is the way... If you got the money, this is the way to spend it. <laughs> it's called the Adventum. What you do is you take a brand new, brand new Range Rover. Like the big one. The big, beautiful Range Rover. Big, brand new one. You Take one of those... And you give it to this company in the UK and what they do, because a particular customer went into them and said, listen, what I want is I don't want my Range Rover to have four doors. I want my Range Rover to have two doors. And I want it to be a little bit special, a little bit trickier. So what they did is is the fella goes in and this was one customer, but what they've, what they've worked out is they're going to build a hundred of these now. So you're not going to miss out if you're quick You're not going to miss out. So the complete exterior and the interior benefit from a makeover. I mean, as if you're going to do a better job than what Range Rover do, but that's what they're saying. So you can choose which model Range Rover you want as your base car. Uh, This one was was a 5-litre supercharged V8, and the aim of the finished product is to make it a bespoke vehicle featuring custom-made aluminium bodywork with an interior just dripping in leather and timber, and all with the input of the future owner. So the colours and the different materials, you might want tweed, you might want teak, you might want lambswool, everything that you want to do, each vehicle is going to be unique. So anything's possible, from different paint schemes, you might want two-tone, you might want a polished timber dash, you might want personalised tread plates. So as well as having the rear doors removed, the front doors are then extended, and the vertical imitation ventilation openings are removed, the changes give the car a sleek, long look, because it does look longer with just the two doors. This one was finished in arctic white, red leather trim, piano black lacquer features on the dash. The floor is made from teak, from the front right through to the rear load space, and then the rear seats, they were replaced with two electrically operated captain's chairs, door pockets, bespoke brollies, even the umbrellas are bespoke, so specially made... And that completed the individual touches. Now, if you want one, it's called the Adventum Coupe. Uh, It takes about six months to build one and would work out. uh, You've probably got a bit of shipping cost to go on as well to get it to Australia, a little bit of shipping cost, but around about $438,000. So you can have a new Range Rover, four-door with the boot at the back, which is five doors, and then just turned into a three-door. So there you go. I think that's clever. I think that's clever. So if you want, I reckon we should have a song to celebrate. That's called the Adventum Coupe. And the song we're going to have, I reckon, is you've got to jump in my car. Ted Mulry, jump in my car. Why don't we enjoy that? Hey, it's Scott Gibbons. This show is called On The Road, and we are on the road with you every week. And it's terrific. And if you want to find out more, then you go to OnTheRoadMedia.com.au. You'll find more about, about us there. If you want to, we're on Spotify, which is On The Road Media on Spotify, and our Facebook. Now, you've got to like the Facebook page. If you would, that would be just so terrific, and that's called On The Road Media as well. So you just go to Facebook, On The Road Media, but in the meantime, what about a little bit of Ted Mulry, Jump In My Car, because if you haven't got your Adventum Coupe left, and they're only doing 100 of these, so you better get in quick. Here we go. Jump In My Car. Hey, it's Scott Gibbons back with you in a minute. you enjoy the song. Nothing to jump in my car Ted Murray how good is he how good is he Well, how good was he because poor old Ted's not with us anymore but when he was here he did some great things for us now speaking of great things the lifesaver water container cube now this is a British product but it's an excellent bit of gear it just looks to be an excellent bit of gear it's called the cube it's the lifesaver water container cube it's if you know somebody that's got everything and they're going away, maybe, maybe it's their very first trip away and you're concerned about them if they're going to have enough fresh water, maybe they're going free camping, whatever it be. So this could be the perfect gift for you, perfect gift for your family, perfect gift to give somebody. So what it is, it's an accessory, that allows you to have access to instant sterile water for your home and your leisure time. So it's a simple to use, it's a portable device, it requires no installation, it can uh, clean, if you will, so make, make drinkable, about 5,000 litres of water. And it's the latest product from the Lifesaver family. So with the Lifesaver Cube, you'll be able to access water from a variety of water sources, including compromised tap water, and, and instantly provide water for the family. So you just fill it up and pump it. But if it's not, if it's not good drinking water, if it's muddy, if it's yucky, if it's got germs, then you can still use this thing. The Lifesaver technology filters down to 15 nanometers. So that's 0.015 microns. And the world's first and only portable technology that's patented worldwide, which is why I'm telling you about it, because you can't make this in Australia. It's a, it's a, it's a British product, but they've got the patent worldwide. And it filters down to this level. And it's the smallest virus known, being polio, which is at 25 nanometers. And this goes down to 15 microns, so you're safe in the knowledge that the Lifesaver filters out all the bacteria, the viruses, the cysts, the waterborne pathogens from your water. And it incorporates the patented and improved Lifesaver technology, being the only water filtration technology to remove all the microbiological waterborne pathogens, including bacteria as we were saying, bacteria the cysts the parasites the fungi from the water without need for any other chemicals or any need for power or any need for uv light so it's a nice easy thing to do and you can go on to a website and have a little look but if you go on to grain mills now this is the big part you can buy it in australia grain mills g-r-a-i-n-m-i-l-l-s dot com dot au grain mills dot com dot au and you'll find out all about it they're at Mudgy or they're in sydney But I think that's just a a good product. If you know somebody that's going off-road and you want them to have clean water, this thing is just a beauty. You can see it on the website there. Now, speaking of a beauty, then weekends, uh, you need some essentials when you're going away, don't you? And ARB tell us about some of the essentials you should have. And one of the things they say is, don't get caught out by the age-old cooler box con (laughs) so you can pick up an ice box from a shop for say ten dollars a bag of ice from the servo on the way through but by about lunchtime on the second day (laughs) you've got a nice tub of water and and (laughs) weekend of maybe warm soft drink warm beer whatever it be so it's not good so you've got to invest in a good quality portable fridge and once you do that you never look back now arb have got the elements fridge freezer it's your new best friend it's designed as the ultimate four-wheel driver's fridge it's engineered to survive out in the elements that's good it's got a stainless steel body it's anodized aluminium hatches it's got protected electrical connections they say and this is arb you know how good they are they say it's as tough as fridges get it's got an led display which shows the temperature with the lid closed it can only be adjusted once the lid is open which stops your mates playing funny games on your work site or campsite and freezing all your beer. The lid can be electronically locked to protect your bevvies from somebody who's a little bit stingy, who never brings enough of their own. (laughs) We all know one of them, don't we? And also includes a gas-assisted strut that holds it open. Oh, how clever is that? Holds it open in any position make it easier to grab everything you need at once. Oh, that's such a good, good feature. Oh, that's a beauty. So (laughs) there you go. Now, the other thing they've got at ARB is, and they say to, this is one of the things they tell you, there's nothing worse than arriving at your campsite and realise that you've forgotten to pack your chair and you end up trying anything for a bit of comfort, maybe a wooden stump, maybe someone's a spare tyre, but nothing beats a good camping chair. So like the Cooler Box Con that we were just talking about, a good camping chair... If you just buy a cheap one, then you're you're a cheap chair chump is what they call you. And you're the unlucky camper who decides to save a few dollars by getting so $15 camping chair that collapses, <laughs> maybe even on your first night. And then <laughs> you're fighting over the same piece of wood stump. So ARB... They've got these super beaut chairs. They're rated to 150 kilograms. They're powder-coated steel scissor frame. They'll withstand your weekends for years to come, and you'll be the envy of everyone else because you've got a padded seat, a back wrist, your drink holder, a side table, your side pocket. has got a Velcro flap. It's got a rear mesh magazine pocket. Oh, that's clever. And the chair packs into a carry bag for easy storage and transport. So there you go. ARB, ARB are just always terrific. Now, if you're going to go to ARB, as I say, you go to ARB at St Peter's, there are 500 Princess Highway at St Peter's, and they are terrific. Now, St Peter's is in New South Wales. You can give them a call on 02-9565-2455, 02-9565-2455. Double five, they are just terrific people. They are, and, and their shop now, oh by golly, it's just, it's the I reckon it's the leader of the fleet. They've spent so much to make it so great. So, there you go, you're, you're going to have a lot of fun if you do that. You just go and see ARB's, there's a couple of really good products from them, and I reckon that's going to be now. If you think, <laughs> if you think that you can still buy that cooler box con, just take a, you know, $10 and, and you get a, an ice box and a bag of ice, or you think you can buy a cheap chair. They might seem like a good idea at the time. They might <laughs> seem like a good idea, but they're not going to be. So why don't we listen to Johnny Farnham's thing? Seems like a good idea. Here we go. Here's John Farnham. You enjoy that. Hey, it's Scott Gibbons. We're on the road. Now, while you're waiting for them, don't forget. Yeah, Phil C. Phil C. Special guests tonight are the Bounty Hunters Band. The Bounty Hunters Band. He'll be talking to them. And if you've got a special request, it's an Aussie song. If you've got an Aussie song or you have a question for the Bounty Hunters Band, you just give Phil C a call on one three hundred four nine four nine double eight. 494 988 That's one three hundred four nine four nine double eight. 494 988 Oh, his show is so good. It's all Aussie flashbacks. So if you love Aussie music, you've got to listen to that. And if you love Elvis, by golly, you've got to listen to Steve Head. He does Elvis at uh, 9 to midnight on Tuesday. So make sure whatever station you're listening to now, if you're listening to us on podcasts, and it'll come through on that as well uh, eventually. Uh, we've got everything cooking for you. You can look us up on the Facebook page. Do whatever you want to do. So just go to ontheroadmedia.com.au. But if you want Elvis, you listen to Steve Head, 9 to midnight tonight. Oh, by golly, he is good. He is so good. So here comes Johnny Farland for you. Ready? Here he comes right now. Oh, yeah, seemed like a good idea at the time. Now, carrying on that same theme, Graeme Jones from Off-Road Systems, I had a yard with him. I'll play that interview for you. But I'm telling you, all he talks about is quality. Quality, quality, quality. So don't get caught up in the cheap, imported stuff. Do not get caught up in the cheap, order, <laughs> cheap imported stuff. Here's Graeme Jones. You enjoy that. Hey, it's Scott Gibbons. We're on the road. Here comes Graham Jones. G'day, it's Scott Gibbons and I've got Graham Jones with me again. Graham Jones, as you know, is from Off-Road Systems and they make the finest draw systems of just an amazing quality. In fact, that's the thing that they're famous for, is the quality. And if you go to a show, you go to a caravan show, a camping show, a four-wheel drive show, you're likely to meet Graham there. So in the meantime, Graham just doesn't do draw systems, though he does so many other things, all to do with your four-wheel drive, your camping all the things that you need and you enjoy. So, Graham, the the electrical side of things, the 12 volt system. What, what do we need to look, do? What should we do?
1: Yeah. Look, the the, the electrical side of any four drive fit out is very important. And and I think the the big thing is having someone who understands how the power gets used, how what what's required to run a fridge over long distance, a long term. Um, if you're doing those extended trips. Uh, whether you need whether you need solar, whether you need whether you're going to have lighting, you know the size of your fridge, all of that's very important to to give you a bit of an idea of uh, how you're going to be making your your um, your travelling comfortable. So what you're saying is you don't just go to the show, buy yourself a fridge,
0: plug it in, and cross your fingers. Absolutely not. There's more to it. it absolutely not. So go and to the show, buy the fridge, and then do what.
1: Well, you know, I'd actually um, discuss a bit of that. Uh, if you haven't bought the fridge already, the, the, the design of the whole system, both physically, the drawer system that goes in and the electrical system, depends, it revolves around that fridge. So it's a good idea to actually have a bit of a discussion with uh, someone about the fridge size and what it's going to take to run it, what sort of travelling you, uh, you plan doing. Uh, how long you plan to be out there and whether you have extra uh, ways of charging, you know, keeping your battery charged. Now, nearly all vehicles with uh, that are doing any sort of long-term travelling will have a secondary battery. Uh, we need to make sure that that battery is a good quality battery and it's wired up correctly and it's charging properly from the car uh, and it's giving you the serviceability that you expect because um, it's unlikely to give you trouble here in at home but <laughs> when you get out there in the in the uh, in that the remote areas you need it to work and so is it lithium keep working. lithium oh look lithium is such a bo- such a boon you know it's it is it's a, it's a leap forward the technology is excellent it's been around for long enough now that we know that it's working very well uh, the amount of time extra time you get uh, running a any given fridge off a lithium battery is um, at least double for a for a given size battery. Wow! Um, but I think the um, well, you know, properly set up, the big advantage is how quickly it restores, and you can re- um, recover that and recharge that battery so so quick. Just uh, from
0: from a, a just driving.
1: Just from driving. Yeah. Wow! Um, it, it is. It, the recovery rate is um, is. Uh, heaps better than a standard agm battery even a good quality agm battery with a good system the the lithium just uh recovers so much quicker and then and then lasts so much longer once it has recovered and so um you know it's been a uh, i i put one in um in my car probably a year ago now to basically to try it I already had a good battery in there but i i needed to find out just how good it was and Oh, I will uh, never put another one back in. <laughs> a, a different so, battery back yeah, in. That it's just... So lithium all the way? Oh, absolutely. I, I, was, uh, I wasn't expecting it to be as good. Right. But, but they are. They are right.
0: very. And, and a battery management system? Is that something yeah, that people look, should... Yeah,
1: battery management system uh, is, is not critical, but it's important, uh, depending on the type of travelling that you plan doing. You know, if you're heading out weekends, and that's all you're going to do, then you probably don't need that level of um, electrical uh, quality. But if you're heading, out, if you're planning on, you know, week and two-week long trips, and you're heading out west of the Great Divide and uh, out into more remote areas, then all you need the best system you can put in there, well, or you should have.
0: Good point. Now, what's the, you've, you've got some new things that you've developed. You've developed a, an upper-level cargo
1: shelf. Yeah, look, uh, most cars have got that little bit of space, a uh, bit of airspace. Once a cargo barrier is in, just putting a bit of a shelf in there to make use of that room up the top so that you, um, so you don't have to unpack half the car to get to it's things. It's easy to can, reach to, isn't it? You can reach it easily and yeah. put all that light stuff up there and it's, it's more just a case of being able to access things quickly and easily.
0: As you say, you don't have to empty out half the car to get to the part that you want or the part that's fallen down because it's got its
1: own large shelf cuppy exactly. here. Well, look, the whole thing is you're, you're out there having a holiday. There's no point making hard work of it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you've to enjoy yourself. Now, one of the other things that you manufacture, and, and I stress that because you're an Australian manufacturer, one of the other things is water tanks.
1: Yeah, stainless steel water tanks. We make a range of them for, well... Pretty much any car that can fit one, I've designed a tank to go in there. Um, typically, they'll, they get mounted in behind the second row of seats in between the draw system and the second row of seats. And uh, we shape it to get as much water, uh, fit as much water in there as we can. So typically this, uh, this car here, the 200 series Land Cruiser, I've got um, a 45 litre tank, a 58 litre tank, and a 65 litre tank, all which can fit in wow. in behind the seat there. Um, and it's a uh, it's a great position to put water because right over your back axle, it's insulated well by the seats and the drawer system, um, and it's a good weight distribution across the you know side to side across the car. So. And
0: then from there, you put an electric pump into a tap, and the taps at the back of the vehicle. So yeah, if you're exactly. Pulling up, and you want to make a cupper.
1: You your can, water's already there. Exactly. You can have a um, a gravity feed uh, outlet. Uh, with a little tap on it or, or a pump and tap, depending on uh, the vehicle and how, what... So you can uh, have a
0: gravity feed or a pump yeah, and tap. Oh, that's Yep, yeah, right, yeah. That is good. All right. And cargo barriers, you do those as well?
1: Yeah, well, we designed the cargo barriers. They're uh, made by uh, a cargo bar- barrier manufacturer, but we designed the barriers, uh, working in conjunction with them, yeah. designed the barrier around our system so that uh, they get mounted and preferably mounted without having to drill holes in the car.
0: Well, That's what I've noticed. All your, your gear that you've got, I don't see any spare holes.
1: No, well, we haven't. Uh, where possible, we, we, will not, we will make use of any um, captive nuts already in the vehicle. Any mounting positions that are already there, we'll use them. Um, and typically in this Land Cruiser, um, we haven't drilled a single hole to put any of the gear that's in this car.
0: Right. And, uh, Phenomenal. Yeah. All right, so if people want something really good and they want Aussie and they want the quality and they want the backup, then they go to off-road systems.
1: Look, you know, we make... I reckon we make the best quality and, and the lightest, uh, you know, nice, strong, lightweight product. And, you know, we understand touring. We understand the needs of tourers um, and... You then know, you I even we, make the, the fridge light. We make... Yeah, we like make a very Manufacturer of fridge lights. Best fridge light going, I reckon. Um, it's, a, it's a made to suit a whole range of different fridges. We've got about eight different sizes. So, Well,
0: there you go. So if you want to find out more, then you go to Offroad Systems, and that's offroadsystems.com.au, offroadsystems.com.au. And the phone number, you can give them a call. It's an 02 number, 4647 6322 That's 466. Four seven six three double two. It's an O2 number, and you talk to Graham, you talk to Steve, you talk to any of the people here. They all know what they're doing, and they're a fabulous, fabulous company. So there you go. Uh, I'm Scott Gibbons. You're on the road. I reckon Graham's going to choose another song, and I reckon I know who's going to pick it from. Who do you want this time, Graham? Who do you reckon? John Williamson again? I reckon. Why not? <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> you got a favourite? We did True Blue last time. What uh, do you want to do this time? Oh. How far are we going to drive? We're going to go to Northern Territory. Why not? Doing a little bit of raining on the rock.
1: Let's do that.
0: A little bit of raining on the rock. Hey, John Williamson, raining on the rock. This is for Graham. This is for you. It's Scott Gibbons on the road. It's good being with you. Here we go. We'll be back in a little while.
2: To gold, We've just come out of the Mulga Where the plains forever roll And Albert Namajira has painted all the scenes And a shower has changed the luster of his land And it's raining on the rock In a beautiful country I'm proud to travel this big land Like an aborigine And it's raining on the rock What an almighty sight to see And I'm wishing on a postcard That you were here with me Lasting daisies and a beautiful desert rose. Where does their beauty come from? Heaven knows. I could ask the wedge tail, but he's away too high. I wonder if he understands. It's wonderful to fly, and it's raining on the rock in a beautiful country. And I'm proud to travel this big land Like an Aborigine And it's raining on the rocks What an almighty sight to see And I'm wishing on a postcard That you were here with me Describe with a picture The mesmerizing colors of the old birds Or the grandeur of the rock Uluru has power And it's raining on the rock In the beautiful country And I'm proud to travel this big land Like an aborigine And it's raining on the rock, What an almighty sight to see And I'm wishing on a postcard That you were here with me
0: Graham Jones loves these John Williamson, doesn't he? Now there was a beautiful article in What's Up Down Under, and it was about. It was called "The Good and the Bad in Lithium Batteries." Now Graham was just talking about lithium batteries and saying how good they are, and they are brilliant. But uh, what What's Up Down Under did is they did a little bit of research and said they've spoken to a lot of people about lithium batteries in the past, and and the same question comes up very, very often, what's the difference between, and this is so good, listen in, what's the difference between a $600, 100 amp hour eBay lithium battery versus, say, an $1,800, 100 amp hour, well-known, branded lithium battery sold through an importer or a distributor? And as they say, that's a real fair question because it's a massive gap in pricing, but That's what we've been talking about all show. You get what you pay for. You get what you pay for. And they say the best advice that they can offer is, first and foremost, you need to put the safety of you and your family and your caravan or your motorhome or your trailer, whatever it be, as your number one consideration. And do this by asking any potential supplier to provide you with the following certification. So if you've got your bit of paper handy and your bit of pencil and whatnot, I'm going to give you some of these very, very briefly. So the following as a minimum. So this is un UN forward slash dot dot 38.3 and ul certification. So nearly all lithium batteries are required to pass section 38.3 of the UN Manual of Tests and Criteria and the UN Transportation Testing to ensure the safety of lithium batteries during shipping or transportation, including in your caravan or your RV. Now, UL certifications cover primary, that's non-rechargeable, and secondary rechargeable lithium batteries for use as power sources in products, including caravans and RVs, and these requirements are intended to reduce or remove the risk of fire or explosion when lithium batteries are stored, transported or used in a product. UL certification must meet specific defined requirements, and these requirements are often based on UL's published and nationally recognised standards for safety. So what they're saying is, if you're not getting the good criteria, if you're not getting those ULs and UN specifications. Hey, doesn't matter how much you're saving, you could you can save a grand and and then burn everything down, including maybe you. So almost or most, if not all, reputable manufacturers will have the following quality and environmental management systems in place. So there's a whole bunch of information here which is I'll start it off, it's ISO ASO 9001 2008. That's the quality management system. So it goes on and on and on with all of the things for um, management system, environmental health and safety, um, occupational health and safety management systems, again, all in different criteria. So in summary, what they said is you want to be sure that you get a safe battery that provides the reliability and performance expected from your investment. And it can only be achieved by manufacturers who invest, this is the manufacturer who invest in high quality proven technology, and provide backup after sales support to importers and distributors of their products. So if you've got any questions... Now, write this down, because I'm going to give you a, a, a contact. So if you've got any questions relating to lithium batteries for use in your caravan or RV, then, then email industrial at rj bat, dot com dot I'll give it to you again, because it's RJ Batteries that they're talking about. So industrial at... R-J-Bat, that's tcomau and they should answer any of those questions for you and that might save you a whole bunch of trouble. Now, maybe, now this might be good, maybe you're thinking, hey, Queensland's open, I want to get up there, I want to do some stuff and what can we do? You might be able to go and mind a house for somebody. So on the Sunshine Coast... Uh, there's some people up there that, that they're requiring some house minders, but th- they wanted them from the 9th of July. So, um, you know, maybe because the border was shut, maybe they didn't get anybody or maybe they got a Queenslander who looked at the job. They wanted some house minders. And so this is one of the things that you can find if you go into greynomads.com.au. Sometimes they will have information for you. But these people wanted someone to mind their house, but you had to have your own caravan, And they wanted it to be minded from mid-August to the end of September. So mid-August to the end of September for a small acreage on the Sunshine Coast in Queensland. It's about 15 minutes from and Mooloola Bar and Caloundra. So power and water and shower and toilet and washing machine, they're all available for you. You've got walking distance to a small shop, the post office, the railway station from which you can catch a train to Brisbane if you want. A little light garden watering, uh, a few birds to feed, keep an eye on. So I'll give you an email if you're ready. Firthy, that's F for Freddy, I R T H Y 48. Firthy, F I R T H Y 48 at bigpond.net.au. So there's one, there's one that might be good for you. If you, you know, you might just go straight in there. There's one in Yapoon. Oh, Yapoon's terrific. Oh, yeah. They want an active couple, Uh, wanted to house sit. For an undetermined time frame on six acres to look after animals and maintain property. It's a fully furnished house. They've got room for your caravan. Uh, there's, if you like horses and dogs and feeding the cat and watering and doing some general mowing and maintenance, you're about 10 minutes to the beach at Emu Park in Yipoon. Oh, Yipoon's fabulous. And 30 minutes to Rocky. Oh, there you go. Up at Rocky. Wow, winner. So you just go on to here's an email address for you again. So get ready to write it down. It's trigger Girl. 007, trigger, trigger girl, G-I-R-L, Trigger, girl, 007, at gmail.com. Oh, that's terrific. What a weather that would be. You get to go to Rocky. Oh, that's heaven on a stick. You might want to go to Alora. That's in Queensland as well, because they say they own a large home in the Alora Queensland area. That's between Warwick and Toowoomba. And they're looking for house sitters from Sunday the 20th of December to Sunday the 27th of December 2020 and be required to feed and look after their two cats and their Labrador. Uh, and the Labrador would need a good daily walk, preferably two <laughs> on the leave. And they'd like the house kept clean and tidy, but there's really no garden or maintenance to do there. Uh, there's undercover parking for two cars. A caravan would be uh, have to be parked in the backyard. Both are easily accessible. It's a flat block. And they'd like to meet any potential sitters and would prefer to be able to speak to anyone that have house sat before. So here's the email address. It's the last one for today. It's Stone Madrid. S-T-O-N-E. M-A-D-R-I-D. Stone Madrid. S-T-O-N-E. M-A-D-R-I-D at gmail.com. How good's that? So you might just find somewhere to be for Christmas. That's December 20 to Sunday. Uh, the 27th of December. I think that's fabulous. So, hey, you just take it a day at a time, just a day at a time. If you're going to have a day at a time, you might as well have Day by Day with Colleen Hewitt. What about that? Day by Day with Colleen Hewitt. Hey, and if you want to go onto our Facebook, you go onto our Facebook. It's On The Road Media. So go On The Road Media... Facebook or if you want to find out more about us, go to our website, on the Hey it's Scott Gibbons. It's it's fabulous being back on the road with you. It's just fabulous. And here we go, here's Colleen Hewitt, you enjoy. Calling your day by day. Now, don't forget that tonight you've got Phil C coming up. He's got the Bounty Hunters band and he's got they've his special guests. They're his special guests. And if you have a request for an Aussie song, then you ring one 494 988 That's one three hundred four nine four nine double eight. 494 988 And Tuesday between nine and midnight, Steve Here, Jailhouse Rock. Elvis, 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 Jailhouse Rock. He is amazing. So whatever stage you're listening to now, between nine and midnight, Jailhouse Rock with Steve Head. And here's something really, really good, because I always try and find you an Aussie product, don't I? I always do. And this is the Tumut. Oh, you've got to write this down. You've got to write it down. It's the Tumut Broom Factory. Tumut, T-U-M-U-T, Tumut Broom Factory. It's the last original millet broom factory in Australia. And the factory is located in Tumut, obviously. That's a small town in the Snowy Mountains. And you've got handmade millet brooms, and they've been made at the factory the same way since 1946, and now you can buy them Australia-wide. So the, the owners down there, they say, hey, drop in, drop into the factory and experience the magic of broom making so it's just terrific so visitors to the factory you're able to view the broom manufacturing process firsthand and if you and i think you should you should purchase your own millet broom at the end and you can pre-book tours at the factory they're available for coach groups and you can contact them direct for all the details and it's just terrific so you can have a look at the broom making tradition the secrets behind the handmade uh, methods of millet brooms from growing the millet growing the millet through to sowing the broom now these are natural these are natural no plastic <laughs> no, this is this is home grown so you have got grown millet and then how they how they make it all happen parking is available out the front of the broom factory which is terrific uh, and it's it's conveniently lo- located opposite the visitor center so you just take time out to visit the tumet Broom Factory, and learn all about this historic Australian industry. So if you want to find out more, then you go to tumut, T-U-M-U-T, broomfactory.com, tumutbroomfactory.com. Oh, and they've got, they made the world's biggest millet broom. They made the world's biggest millet broom. Now, the beautiful part is you can buy their brooms. If you can't get there, there's stockists all over the place. So if you go to tumutbroomfactory.com, Dot com tomet broom com, then you will find that there's a whole list of stockists there and they've got them all over there's even some in Sydney you know Tara Dennis the, the TV lady she has them in her shop she has them in her shop so you've you've got them all over Australia so and I know we go all over Australia we're a national radio show uh, we go all over the place we're on vast satellite network channel 665 And so wherever you go, they've got them in... Uh, online stockers they've got Sydney, they've got Melbourne, they've got Canberra, they've got, oh, all over the place. Newcastle, if you want to go to, Armidale, they're in Queensland, oh, Barrel, Victoria, Tasmania, by golly, they're everywhere. So that's fabulous. I think that's fabulous. And there's more things that are happening. Oh, hey, if you're looking for a new car, and I know so many of you are waiting for the new Toyota Land Cruiser to come out, uh, and so many of you now may have heard about a new vehicle that's coming out called the INEOS, I-N-E-O-S, I-N-E-O-S, and the model's called the Grenadier, INEOS Grenadier. Now, write that down because you're going to see so much about this, and you will because they've taken the covers off the styling. Now, the styling, it's called robust, it's called boxy, it's got the kind of presence that stands tall on any terrain. The exterior design of the Grenadier, it combines the character of Remember the 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 Land Rover Defender, the Defender. Basically, what they've done is they've taken the Defender style, mixed it with a a bit of Mercedes G wagon, and then turned it into something modern but still totally utility. So it's a real fair income four wheel drive. Looks like it's going to have a petrol engine from from BMW and a diesel engine from BMW. But it's a fair income four wheel drive. So and what happened was the fellow who started this up, he's a mega, mega billionaire. And he's sitting in the pub with a bunch of mates and they just discontinued the original defender. And he was a little bit stroppy and said, you know, they've they've taken away a car that I really love. Like, what are we gonna do? And up came the story. Well, let's build one. So being a billionaire, why wouldn't you? But he's not just building one for himself, he's building them for the world. Uh, they're going to come to Australia, they're going to go all over the place. And if you want to, go onto their website, Ineos, I N E O S, Grenadier, G R E N A D I E R, IneosGrenadier.com. Oh, by golly, hey, they've, and, and they've taken the wraps off the vehicle. So you can actually see what it looks like. You haven't seen the inside yet, but they're telling you all about the suspension, which is just mega. And they might even get the the people who build uh, the Mercedes G-Wagon, they might even get them to build it, even though it's got a BMW engine. So I think it's going to be absolutely terrific. So if you think that's strange... (laughs) I don't. I think that's fabulous, but Ray Brown thought it was strange, so why don't we have a little bit of Ray Brown in the Whispers, Ain't It Strange? Hey, Here we go. Gee, I like being with you. It is so much fun on a Sunday. So good being with you. Here we go. Ain't it strange? Hey, it's Scott Gibbons. You're on the road. You're on the road with us all the time because we're now on the road together, unless you're in Victoria. (laughs) There's always somewhere, isn't there? Here we go. Ray Brown, Ain't It Strange?
3: She thought it was a simple laugh Well, she had another date And Lord, I keep wondering, wondering why Well, she once was a so woman But now she's so
0: Oh, Ray Brown, Ray Brown. You ready to go, tripping. You are ready to go away? I bet you are. And one of the best places you could go to, and I think I'll put this on my list right now, is through the Guida River area of northern New South Wales. So it's just terrific. So uh, 4x4 Australia did a beaut article on there because this area was once showered in gold and diamonds and Bingra and the, the Guida River uh, region. They enjoy a slower pace these days. It's a tranquil gem is what they call it for off-road tourists so it's terrific so uh, but it was founded around about 1840 and, and like most new settlements the locals started searching the outlining the outlying areas and gold they found gold we. And later along came uh, gems like rubies and garnets and, and even a few diamonds and then word got out and the gold field was born, the town's population grew, the pubs came along, there was a police station, a post office and a flour mill and a whole bunch more And and it was the area... The Binger Diamond Field was Australia's largest and most profitable with the largest diamond found in the region being, you ready for this, 37,000 carats. Wow, there you go. So these days it's a quiet, slow town where travellers, uh, this is Mount Mount Kaputa, if you like, it, it, it's a slow town. Travellers are welcomed and the locals are friendly and they'll always give you advice. And And when these people arrived, they headed straight to the local tourist info for some recommendations on where to stay, what to do, and the local council has set aside even an area in the heart of town where you can free camp beside the Guida River and then farther east towards the massive Copeton Dam. So being an ex-mining town, Bingura has uh, its set-aside areas where you can freely fossick for gems. I don't know whether you're going to find another one with 37,000 carats, but it's worth a shot. And then the info centre has a map of where you can go and one of the biggest gold mines in Bingura uh, and the last to close, just before 1950, was the All Nations. And only minutes from town in Hill Street, you can get up close to a massive ten-head stamper. Oh, whoa. So that's fully intact. It's ready to go. And if you could imagine trying to bring that out from England in, in that era, whoa, uh, easier then than now, I think, because none of the ships are really working. So one of the best places to get an overall view of Inga is from the Batram Memorial lookout on the eastern side of town. And the narrow road leads you up several hundred metres to some of the best views of the whole area. And you can make it a, a day trip if you want to because there's toilets up there and there's barbecues and and bird watching, by golly. Uh, there's mm-hmm. Arthur Wong, there's some bird watching areas there for you. And these days, the town's got an art deco feel due to its fully functional Roxy Theatre, which was built back in the 1930s. And Biggera sits in a valley It's surrounded by several ranges and nearby Mount Caputa which is an old volcano, it's active about 20 million years ago and weather conditions will vary immensely from winter to summer. Frost is common in, in winter and that's one of the best times to throw another log on the fire and enjoy the clear winter skies. Oh, winter skies are just so glorious and and summertime's often hot and dry and <laughs> they, they reckon they've counted them, there's about 4 million flies there. <laughs> So come prepared, just spend a bit of time in the nearby pool on the Guada River if you want to cool down. The Copeton Dam further east uh, towards the Copeton Dam are areas that can only be explored by four-wheel drive. When we say four-wheel drive, we're talking low range. So if you've got a a vehicle that can go low range, then okay, maybe you're all right to go in there. And it's got some free camping and, and some of the biggest COD if if you're going to catch a fish, some of the biggest cod in the state, I think you've got to have your fishing licence for that. And at the turn of the century, before the dam was thought about, there were massive mines in the area, including several arsenic and tin deposits. And one of the most notable ones was the Conrad arsenic mine that's now been decommissioned and and, uh, and rehabilitation has taken place there. But it's amazing to wander around the area and, and gaze at the incredible and massive and solid timber structures that once uh, towered over the workers. So, it's, yeah, fabulous. So you've, you've got it all there. So then uh, if you're doing that trip, you've got the Washpool National Park. In fact, I was looking at that. I've, I've, I'm looking at that now because I'm planning a trip. And I think this is going to be the one. So some of the, the better and more remote camping can be found nearby at the Guida River State Conservation Area. It's been broken into several sections, but one of the favourites is the Salmon Section, which is below Copeton Dam, and entries via the Inveral to Copeton Dam Road through a, a nature corridor where shoot properties line either side. It's not a hard road into the area, but you've got to allow an hour to travel the 20 kilometres, and, and it's best for most four-wheel drives, again, to have low-range capability. But, you know, recommendations advise not to tow any kind of trailer down into the gorge. There you go. But the Gorge Road winds its way down pretty steeply towards the bottom with plenty of switchbacks and narrow sections. Along the way, you can take a break at the boulders lookout where the the views across the valley are just magic. But keep in mind, there's no mobile reception there. So safety first and stay back from the edges. And the terrain's steep. The terrain is steep and, and holds nearly no flora content apart from the cypress pines and the sandy soil and you'll see some massive grasses and gums and the area is is home to several types of deer so you might see those you might see some feral pigs you might see some kangaroos and right at the end of the track where it merges with the Guada River the camping spots are just sensational so you've got some flat areas there that are butte for your swag or your tent and the river's got a sandy base and the water's filtered to the max and it's crystal clear and it's perfect to soak in on a hot summer's day, probably not so good right now, but there you go. And along the river, there's loads of bottle brush and other native flowers and the bird life soaking up the area. So there you go. So back in back in the day, it must have been pretty popular because there were some old pit toilets there that aren't in the best shape now. But the Guida River rises west on the cusp of New South Wales, New England Tablelands. And the summers get extremely hot. The winters go down below zero. So the best time to head there is spring or autumn. Uh, you get the cooler nights, the warm days, and then the region is just fabulous, just fabulous. So, there's there's other, uh, well, there's not really any other four wheel drive tracks down to the gorge, but it's a great place to unwind and it's pretty and it's popular. So, you might enjoy that. I think you're going to enjoy it. Hey, it's so good being with you. This show is called On the Road. You can find out more about us if you go to our Facebook, which is on the road media. You'll find uh, more about the show. You'll see a little bit about where we go, what we do, things that are happening. And then if you care to, you can get it on Spotify. You can get us on any of the stations that you're listening to now, of course. If you want to, you can go to the website, which is on the ontheroadmedia.com.au. And from there, you'll be able to track down all of the podcasts. You've got those there as well. It's just terrific. So if you're enjoying the show, and thank you... I've got to say thank you for the feedback. Your feedback is outstanding. I know you love the music and we appreciate that. So every now and then we, we like to kick a goal for you and do various things. So it's just terrific. It's just terrific. So thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So what about we, we close the show off, we'll have a little final song for you today and I, I think we should, we should have, oh, what about a little bit of sherbet? Hey, what about how's that? Hey, how's that that we can go all around New South Wales, we can now go back into Queensland How's that that we can't go down to Victoria? <laughs> but however, it's happening and South Australia is looking glorious. Western Australia is open. Oh, it's just terrific. I, I'm, I'm not quite sure about Tassie yet because we've got to go there via Victoria. So I guess Tassie's out of bounds for us if you're in one of the other states. But anyway, here we go. All right. Hey, it's Scott Gibbons. It's great being with you. You get in touch with us anytime because if you want to get in touch with us, go on to the website. You'll track us down. So that's fabulous. We'll see you next week. Hey, eh? Here we go. Here's how's that. Sherbert, great being with you. See ya.
3: let